Hark the bardic paladin Who sings and plays again He tells the tales of glory And weaves a magic story He'll join you at your table And ask you to share a fable Heroes of humble origin Villains who must be fought again No matter their skill or prowess The people in life are countless so we pray you heed our request. Enjoy this tale of sidekicks and sidequests. Episode 81 Gertrude the High Elf Scribe. Welcome to Sidekicks and Sidequests, the Dungeons and Dragons podcast that helps to put humans back into humanity and breathe life into your campaign NPCs with backstory and bravado. That's right, we're building a world, one character at a time. I am your host, Kurt Krenwelgi, the Bardic Paladin, and I'll be joining Fenway Jones's table and the Levitating Platter. Hello everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of Sidekicks and Sidequests, the best unofficial Dungeons & Dragons podcast in my humbly biased opinion. Before I introduce my guest to you, I'd like to go ahead and give a shout out to our first sponsor of the show, Plus One EXP. Tony Vicenda is the mastermind behind this mastercraft of Beard Balm's game design and community building. He's got a beard balm named after all of the basic stats from D&D, so get a can, apply it to your face, and smell the sweet aroma and the sweet victory that comes along with increased strength, dexterity, charisma, and more. Beards and Beyond is the indie RPG that helped to launch this brand, but Tony has collaborated and developed several other projects, including Repugnant, Eye Toaster, Down We Go, Through the Void, Vamp Nugula, and Brand Standing. If you support Plus One EXP, either by buying something on their website or going to tonyplusone.itch.io, it all helps funnel into the Plus One Forward program, which seeks to support additional indie tabletop content creators to continue making awesome stuff. So I highly encourage you to follow Tony and Plus One EXP on all the socials, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch, in order to keep up with all the various projects he's working on, as well as upcoming interviews, one-shots, and actual plays of some of these other amazing indie TTRPGs. So, if you don't mind, please go to plus1exp.com, use my affiliate code Randolph when you're buying a beard balm or a beard RPG in order to get some savings on your purchase at no extra cost to you. Again, that code is Randolph at checkout on the website plus1exp.com. I've got a wonderful guest, and so now I turn the microphone over and I ask, Hello, who are you? Would you care to introduce yourself and tell us what it is that you do? Hi, everyone. My name is Fenway Jones, also known as Fenway the Teen DM on Twitter and at Jasper's Game Day on social media. I am the founder and president of Jasper's Game Day. We are a nonprofit organization. We raise money for suicide prevention and awareness through gaming. That's awesome. Yeah, I think we've had some of your colleagues on our show. We've... Uh... I had the chance to speak with a uh, Goblin Katie as well as uh, Joshua Simons as well. So uh, we're glad to have the very founder uh, of Jasper's Game Day on our podcast. Absolutely. Josh and uh, Katie are fantastic and uh, I'm happy to be here. Awesome. 
Well, we'll keep the questions rolling, and I think this is a gimme, but do you currently or have you ever played Dungeons and Dragons before? Yes, I uh, have both currently and ever played Dungeons and Dragons before. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Is it something that uh, you've partaken of in recent years, or have you been a longtime player? What's the inside scoop? So I started playing when I was 11, Um, so it's been eight years now. I had to count for a second. (laughs) Um, Eight years now. And then I started DMing when I was 13. Um, So there's a different year gap there. But yeah, my dad got me into it because he started playing when he was around that age and and wanted to introduce me to it. That's awesome. And of course, this podcast is called Sidekicks and Sidequests. We like to ask the questions here. Who is your favorite NPC, whether they're from an RPG, a video game, or if not, maybe they're from a favorite film or television show or piece of literature, et cetera. And why are they your favorite sidekick or NPC character? Um, I don't know. There's a very, <laughs> there's a lot of different, um, one of the things that I would say, one of is my favorite is my favorite series of books is called The Unwanted. And in there, there is a giant stone winged cheetah. Um, that his name is Simber, um, and I actually named my lizard after him, and he's like the protector of the series, and um, I had a um, connection to him when I first started the series, and I think that that's one my, my favorite NPC or sidekick character, um, I would say. And it's because Simber is this uh, protector figure and is just always present there in the books, is a good character. Yeah, absolutely. He definitely um, sacrificed his life at one point to make sure that um, the rest of the characters got home to their island safely. Um, and thankfully was brought back to life by the main character um, right after that. Awesome. Yeah, no, sounds very kind of Aslan-like if you're a fan of the, uh, the C.S. Lewis Narnia books. Exactly. Exactly. I love the Narnia books. Aslan was one of my favorite characters there, too. Awesome. The flip side as well, do you happen to have a favorite side quest, whether it's from an RPG, a video game, movie, film, television, piece of literature, etc.? And uh, why is it your favorite side quest? Oh, um, I mean, honestly, I don't know exactly what counts as a side quest, you know? I would say that... I think, you know, I, I wrote my own setting um, in D&D, and one of my favorite side quests is one that the characters took when I was DMing that for them, because they adopted this baby. It was an animated lightning bolt, and they named it Sparky, I believe. And it was mm. a baby, and the, these people had uh, absorbed it into a um, wand of sorts, and that wasn't their mission, but they made it their mission to go and save this uh, baby lightning bolt. So like an elemental creature that was this lightning bolt? Yes, yes. Oh, Okay. Never mind the big important quest that I have for you over here. This tiny little elemental is so precious. This is what we care about. This is the story now. (laughs) Very much so. Awesome. And then uh, we will round out the personal interview section here with the question of what are you passionate about and why? 
Well, um, I think part of my intro kind of gave that away. I'm very passionate about mental health and reducing the stigma around talking about um, mental health and suicide prevention in general. You know, I think that that is very important. There is a lot of stigma around it, which means that people don't typically like to talk about it, but it's important to talk about. And it's important to make sure that everyone is aware that they are not alone. The two mantras that Jasper's game day has is you do not have to roll initiative alone and you are not a critical failure. If I'm not mistaken, we just recently had Jasper's game week and one of our previous guests of the show, Andrew Strother, played in a game that was DM'd by Brennan Lee Mulligan and he actually used his character that he made on this podcast as his player character in that session and they had all kinds of crazy hijinks and I had an opportunity to watch it and I was very pleased. I was like, yes, Quando made it to the big time. He's on a major <laughs> D&D stream for a good cause and so it just it just made me happy. That's super exciting. I didn't know that he used that character he made here, but um, that's fantastic. Yeah. And I was going to say, you know, kind of alluding to that as well. I mean, Jasper's game day as a nonprofit, as a charitable organization, you really have struck a chord, tugged on the heartstrings of the gaming community, as it were, because you have some pretty serious partnerships going on and stream games that really go the extra mile to really help put this awareness in people's eyes and minds and hearts and to really make impactful differences. Can you talk about those a little bit? Yeah, I mean, um, a lot of the partnerships like Brennan um, that we have made, um, we have made through like D&D Beyond or Wizards, which um, we were connected to them through different events that we were doing. And we had reached out to D&D Beyond because, you know, we were like, would you be interested in, in helping us stream after the first couple of years of Jasper's Game Week? And they um, they jumped right on the opportunity and it's been super exciting. And sometimes, you know, every person knows a person, right? And so sometimes we have the randomest connections um, and and uh, that's been super helpful so far as well. Awesome. Well, I have had a wonderful time learning more about my guest. And now I think it's time we head into a segment that I like to call NPC Creation. NPC Creation is brought to you by you, the podcast audience, and our patrons on Patreon. Now it's time to give a shout out to our comfortable patrons and above with a loud hurrah. So to you, Katie Downey, aka Goblin Katie, we say cheers. This is for patrons who donate $2 or more a month. Katie is actually our highest tier wealthy patron at $4 a month. That means she's able to add an element of chance to our random tables and NPC creation, which means they might get used here today. If you want to learn more and join the cheapest podcast Patreon community, please check out the show notes, go to my website, or go directly to patreon.com forward slash sidekicks and sidequests to find out more about our three tiers, one, two, four dollars a month, and help us expand our operations at the levitating platter in this demiplane and worlds beyond. All right. And so this is the part of the show where we get to make up a character, whether that means you've already got something ready to go or you'd like to roll the dice and make up something on the spot. So, Miss Fenway, what would you prefer to do today? 
Let's roll the dice. Let's do a random, random creation. Awesome. We love that here. We love the random. So if you've got all your dice at the ready, the very first thing that we have to roll for is a name for our character. So if you'd like to get your D20 and give that a roll. Alrighty. That would be a 15. 15. Okay. Your name was suggested by previous guest, Katie Ruvalcaba. Gertrude. So we Gertrude. Gertrude. And then the next thing we get to roll for is what is the ancestry of our character? That'll require a D100 roll. Fantastic. Give me just one second to grab that. 76. 76 as I scroll down the list. Ah, elf. Okay, so we're in the category of elf, and these are like the D&D uh, Wizards of the Coast elves. So that includes like high or sun elf, moon, wood, sea, sky, shadow, drow, astral, because now we have Spelljammer coming out, Aladrin, or a half elf variation. So anything in the family of elf, what are you interested in today? Um, let's go high elf because Gertrude gives me kind of maybe not uppity, but definitely proud vibes. Okay, Gertrude, High Elf. Okay, very cool. And then the next thing we roll for is what is the job or role in society for our character? So that will require us to roll just a regular D10. Alrighty. Four. Four. Aha. Okay, your answer was provided by previous guest, Charles Basili. Scribe. So Gertrude is a scribe. Uh, and then let's see, the next thing we roll for before we get to take a pause from dice rolling is how old is our character? Uh, let's determine that age range of the character by rolling a D8. Three. Young adult. So Gertrude is a young adult by high elf standards, and she's a scribe. As I said, we now get to take a slight pause from dice rolling because now we get to come up with a physical appearance. So when you hear Gertrude, high elf, young adult scribe, what are you picturing? Well, to be fair, I definitely did not picture as a, her as a young adult to be at first. Um, but <laughs> Maybe she comes from a very old family and they like very old names. Yeah, that's definitely a possibility. I would say that, you know, she's very proud of her ancestry. So she always has her hair pulled back so you can see her ears. Um, she has the typical like blonde hair, uh, very long, uh, pulled back into like a ponytail or half up, half down. She probably dressed very modestly, you know, making sure that she's always ready for either adventure or, you know, just making sure she isn't caught in a situation where she's unprepared. Um, as well as, you know, she just has always has her scribe tools kind of like on a little, uh, in a little pouch, um, ready for, um, anything that needs to happen at any certain time. Okay. So I'm just curious because you said, uh, ready for adventure or when her profession calls need of her to be a scribe. So is she like a, an adventurer scribe or, or how are we imagining that? Just so I understand. Well, I think she more, she wants to be an adventurous scribe and that's why she's a scribe oh. is because she likes hearing about the adventures, but okay. she hasn't gotten the okay from her family or the readiness to become an adventurer quite yet. Interesting. I was going to ask you, are you familiar with the newest film that came out with Sandra Bullock, The Lost City? Or if you saw the older movie from back in the 1980s, Romancing the Stone, are you familiar with any of those two kind of films? 
I definitely watched uh, the the new one, The Lost City. Okay. Um, that one was a good one. Okay, because it sounds like what you're describing is like, you know, she's a scribe, so I don't know if that necessarily means the same thing as an author or she's part of a society and, oh, I just have to sit here and transcribe everything and make copies of everything, but I really want to be out there like in the action, you know, in the danger. And so then she like wants to put herself in those positions when her family's like, oh, no, 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 Gertrude, you're much better served as a scribe. Your handwriting is so beautiful. Think of all the classes we spent the money on for you to take fancy calligraphy and stuff like that. Yeah, that's definitely the vibe that I'm getting. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I like that. And so if we had to describe Gertrude with three adjectives, what three adjectives would you choose? I would say outgoing, optimistic, but down to earth. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I can feel that sense of yearning of wanting to be like an adventurer hero, but also she's like, you know, I'm used to just being, you know, here in the library or wherever. Where are we imagining she does her scribe work? Is she part of some guild or society? I think that she is a scribe for a famous bard who oh. comes home and tells their adventuring stories. Gertrude, here's my here's my <laughs> latest tale. Take my notes. And then she's just sitting there like it's a good job. Like her parents probably, maybe her family, her parents or whoever helped her get this awesome job. Because don't you know, this is the famous so-and-so bard. And she's like, okay, I'll just sit here and take notes. And then she's like, man, that sounds so cool. I want to go do that too. Yeah. And then the bard's like, no, 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 it's much too dangerous. Okay. We get to go back to dice rolling now. So this will be a combo roll. So we need to figure out what's a valuable item, a piece of lore, a secret, or an ideal or concept that this character would ascribe to. So we're going to roll a D4 first for the category and then the D6 for the particular thing. Alrighty. That would be a four. So four is ideal or concept. And now you get to roll a D6. One. One. Okay, interesting. Also a response provided by previous guest Katie Ruvalcaba. The ideal or concept that Gertrude ascribes to is if you're not first, you're last. It's win or die sort of an attitude. So do you think that kind of features into this yearning, this uh, wanting to go out on adventure? She's like, you know, man, I'm just stuck here. I have to like write down all these exploits of this bard and I'm not out there in the getting a piece of the action kind of a thing. Absolutely. That's definitely the way that she's she's feeling right now, feeling very um, cabin fever-esque oh. as well as, you know, just kind of like maybe not the, the wanting to tell her family no, but more necessarily the just the want to do something fun, to mm. do something she enjoys. Because I, if I remember the canonical stuff, as far as Wizards of the Coast D&D stuff is concerned, it's like a hundred is when you're considered like, okay, now you're a proper, you're out of your teenage years and your adolescence, and now you're a proper member of Elven society kind of a thing. So reimagining she's like not that far off from like a hundred or so. Yeah, I would think she was like, she just became a young adult. Mm. Um, you know, the kind of getting over the teenage um, angst. Um, but <laughs> and she's chomping at the bit. She wants to go improve herself, but like her folks are like, no, we got you set up with this cushy job. You'll do this until the bard dies. And then you can go off and go on your yes. own adventures. And she's like, ah, but the adventures now. And if I don't go now that I'm going to miss out, it's FOMO. Right. Yeah. Yes. Oh my, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> All right. 
And then the final thing that we have the ability to roll a dice for, it would be a d12 and it's for the side quest. Unless you feel inspired based on what we've already learned and you already have an idea of what a side quest Gertrude would offer up for a bunch of player characters to go and do on her behalf. You know, I think that I'll stick with the the theme of the rolling of the dice okay. um, for this character. You know, it's worked out pretty decently so far, yeah, so yeah. <laughs> I will do that. <laughs> I got a 12. 12. Okay. All right. So your answer was submitted by previous guest, the Royal Tut, and it says here that the side quest would be finding the lost petting zoo handler. So is this something that might be related to the latest adventure that the bard came back and talked to Gertrude about? And so maybe it was like a passing detail. And then you know she was like, but wait a minute, the, the, there's a piece of the story missing. And so it's kind of like it's eating at her and like, I want to go and do something, but I can't because like I'm stuck here, my employment or my duty responsibilities or something. Yeah, I think that um, the bard just got back from an adventure in which he brought back something for the exotic petting zoo. Mm -hmm. Um, Or was it the exotic petting zoo or just like a petting zoo? Uh, It does say finding the lost petting zoo handler, whether it's exotic animals or not. It could be very mundane animals, but maybe there's some eccentric lord out there that's like, ah, my latest uh, bullets or my baby to ask for my eccentric petting zoo yeah i <laughs> um so the, the bard just got back from bringing um something to join the petting zoo what that is is yet to be determined um however when he got back he mentioned putting the uh, animal or creature in its like enclosure but never mm-hmm. mentioned actually talking to the handler or the that person and so uh you know gertrude couldn't help herself but go check it out and noticed that the handler was completely missing and and nowhere to be found and so that's the side quest okay and so then it's kind of like a mystery of you're imagining maybe investigating this creature's pen if it's just a simple petting zoo and it's like a very small enclosure and there's like maybe it's around the whole small zoo you're having to investigate or unless we're talking about the scope of something like jurassic park and it's like ah yes we brought a t-rex back and then it's like well the handler went in there to go like help get the t-rex settled but then hasn't come back and maybe it's like a whole sort of enclosure and like the handler is like hiding up in a tree because like I can't the T-Rex is prowling around out there I can't get down without it noticing me and I get eaten or something I like the idea of having like the Jurassic Park-esque um Welcome large to my exotic theme park <laughs> you <laughs> yes <laughs> Um, yes, yes. I think, would it be called the Burrowasic Park if it's for the belay? (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, it could be. Burrowasic, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure a lord could afford a whole island for themselves. You're on the main continent, and the bard's like, oh, yeah, I just went out to Jurassic Park, and I had to drop off an animal there. (laughs) And then she's like, haven't you heard of this Jurassic Park place? There's this eccentric guy that just <laughs> built a whole park on this island. And one of the handlers is missing. Here, I have the inside hookup. You can get yep. into Jurassic Park to go look for this missing person. Meanwhile, there's a whole subterfuge <laughs> plot going on with someone trying to steal a dinosaur egg off the island in the middle <laughs> of the storm when the electric magical fence goes off and then all the dinosaurs start running wild. <laughs> 
<laughs> we're just doing Jurassic Park over again at this point. Just, yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> well, we do have to consider the two outcomes of this side quest. So if our player characters are successful in finding out the whereabouts, the remains, question mark, of the missing petting zoo handler, what's going to be the reward for the players from Gertrude? From Gertrude, Gertrude would probably not have a lot. Um, you know, she would have some money, uh, some in the ways of money, but would more have, you know, rich in experiences. And so she would offer to let the player characters adventure once with the famous bard because he he offered he offered it up that he would adventure with them once if they found this uh handler and as well as she would offer them um some gold a piece as well okay so she's able to give the player characters a monetary reward and then this also allows her to finally be able to go on an adventure of her own with the bard yes and so then she can get her own start as uh as her own adventurer character yes figure in the world okay that's very cool awesome now we have to consider the flip side of this so what's going to happen in the result of failure or refusing the adventure at all what's gonna be the consequence of that well i'm not necessarily sure that there'd be a consequence for refusing the adventure um other than you know the the handler never gets found unless they come back um Mm -hmm. which would be unfortunate um but she just doesn't get the opportunity to go on that adventure with the bard um if they refuse and or don't come back you know um and so she tries to find the hardiest of adventures and then go off with them maybe perhaps out of a sense of like i haven't been able to resolve this if they come back then they find the bards like oh my best scribe left she went off on this whole tangent about the missing zoo handler and then you know she just absconded with her responsibilities and stuff like that and i haven't seen her And so then the players are like, oh, no, do we have to go after her because now she's missing, too? Or it's just like the bard's like, oh, man, I missed out on my best scribe because, you know, she was obsessed with this and she had to go see it through and she just couldn't let it rest or something. Yeah, I think that she definitely would go with them. She might have even started preparing even before they agreed to the mission. Um, I think that would definitely, definitely be the case for sure. Well, we've learned so much about this character that I think it's time we now throw Gertrude into a random encounter. This random encounter is brought to you by Reaper Miniatures. They have been Texas Titans of the tabletop industry since 1994. They're right here in DFW, and they have an amazing warehouse and game store. They make everything from paints to gaming accessories and stream on Twitch and YouTube with tutorials and interviews. Whatever system you're running, whatever game you're playing, Reaper has a miniature for you. Every time you shop with them and spend at least $40, $50 on your purchase, they're going to give you a cool new mini of the month, and it's always something new, so all the more incentive to check back often. When I checked my email, I saw that I had a recent $50 gift card again, so thank you very much, Reaper, and thank you everyone for using my little link and going to Reaper that way. I was able to use a portion of my previous gift card to go ahead and get that special miniature that is being made for Ukraine relief efforts. It's a little nightingale bird bard creature. $9.99 and of that $7.50 goes towards UNICEF relief efforts allocated directly to 
Ukraine. As well as if you go on over to Reaper's Kickstarter page, you can check out Reaper Miniatures Bones 6, Tales from the Green Griffin. I think you can still join and contribute towards it and customize your desired minis of choice through their backer kit program. Finally, make sure you're staying tuned to Reaper's social media because, you know, we're going to be getting that buzz here for ReaperCon that'll be happening first weekend of September in Denton, Texas. So be sure to visit my website, check out the show notes below, and be sure to use that link when you want to shop on Reaper Miniatures because by doing so, you're going to be supporting Sidekicks and SideQuests at the same time. Clicking that link helps track the traffic that our show directs towards Reaper. So the more traffic, the more that our powers combine. So again, please check out that link on the website in the show notes below. Use that link and be sure to follow Reaper Miniatures on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, and YouTube. So this is the part of the show where we get to do a little role play, a little vignette uh, with our character that we've made. So we get to kind of see how they would interact in a scene. And so since Fenway did all the rolling of the dice, I think it's appropriate that Fenway should be Gertrude. But now the question becomes, who should I be in this scene? Am I going to be one of my uh, podcast hero characters that uh, gets offered the side quest? Am I going to be the bard? telling you the long-winded tale of exactly what happened and then led to this missing zoo handler or something else. What do you think would be an interesting scene to kind of play out? Um, you know, I think that it would be interesting to be the bard, but right before uh, discussing the situation as well as the outcomes, um, you know, trying to convince you it's what needs to be done. <laughs> Alrighty, well, Gertrude, it's definitely like more living room-esque than it is an office, but it's supposed to be an office. And she's, so she's sitting on like uh, a couch um, in front of this mini stage um, that the bard has created for themselves. Um, and so she's sitting in front of that, has her notebook out, and she's kind of scribbling on it and getting notes ready for um, whenever he arrives to tell his next tale. And uh, it's not that long after Gertrude is working at the little desk and getting the next thing done and transcribed. And she's quite familiar with this. She starts hearing some clattering coming from an outer room and she knows like, okay, five, four, three, two, one. He busts open the door dramatically in a flare. And he's like, Gertrude, darling, it is I, Sir Arnold of Metz. And I am here to tell you my latest tale. And then maybe she rolls her eyes because of like, he, he does this every time. Like, he knows who I am. He knows this is his own home, but yet he has to be boisterous and dramatic and everything. You know you don't have to do that every time, right? Yes, of course, but I have to keep up the appearances, of course. And then he'll take off his cloak and he throws it across the room and it magically lands on the coat rack and he takes off his hat and he does the same thing. Maybe does a little bit of a loop-de-loop as it makes its way to the stand and he will uh, snap his fingers and then he'll see like his favorite armchair kind of scooch up and then his footstool. And as he sits down on cue, kicking off his boots and then, uh, you know, so several inanimate objects start working around to like bring him like his favorite mug of beer. And then he'll say, Gertrude, it is time to tell you about my latest exploits with the adventuring party. And so then he begins the long tale and he's like, ah, yes, we were there. It was a bleary morning as we made our way to the island. 
and then and he goes on and on and on and then he says yes the fearsome beast the t-rex we were going back and forth trading blows the party the cleric went down and then the barbarian went into a rage and blah, 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 blah. and then he starts getting near the end of the tale and he's like yes and then i charmed the beast and then i got the beast to safely go into its enclosure and then that nice young handler was in there fiddling around with some chain or something or another with a goat and then um uh yeah and then we went back to the lord and he handed us our pile of money and uh yeah and i just took a teleportation circle to then get back here to home and i've now kicked my feet up on my favorite chair and then he finishes downing his beer and sets it down and it does that thing like in thor ragnarok where it fills back up again and he's like ah. <laughs> um well but did you see a goat Oh, oh yes, yes. The, the the handler was preparing a goat uh, for the T-Rex for when he woke up and stuff. And then, you know, they closed the gate and they secured it and all that stuff. I'm, was, I'm... Was the handler outside of the gate? He rolls a history check. I don't know if it's a particularly strong beard that's affecting him, but uh, Sir Arnold can't think. And he's like, oh, I, I'm sure I'm sure he's fine. He's a smart lad. Uh, he's, he's, he's probably fine. You know, that lord, he, he runs a good... He's a bit eccentric, but who isn't these days? And I'm I'm sure he's completely fine. There are quite a few people who are not eccentric. Um, you not being one of them. However, you, you never saw him walk out? No, 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 Gertrude. I, I don't think we don't need to include this in the story. That's taken away from the drama, the gravitas. You know, I'm working on this epic novel of my life story of this adventuring party and you're the grandest uh, scribe there is in the land. Highly recommended to me. You capture that voice, that gravitas, and that essence that is me, my machismo, and all that, all those good adjectives that you're you're good with. You know, I'm good with the singing and the fighting, and maybe not so much with the penmanship and the, the superfluous language. And then he goes back to drinking his beer, and he's just like, Gertrude, uh, another fine adventure. Gertrude is probably going to try and press for more information about where the Lord and the island are, putting it as a question of trying to put it into the story, but definitely has ulterior motives. So then he probably gives you that's like, oh, yes, it's a coast. It's off the coast of the, the what's it continent. And, you know, you know, by ship, it would take a couple days to get there. But airship would be faster and but teleportation spell. It's instantaneous. And so he, he gives you a rough approximation of where the island is and who the Lord's name is. And so he gives you all the appropriate information for you to be able to lay the seeds of the side quest. Fantastic. That is perfect. And scene. All right. So we did it. So we made it through the random encounter. How do you think that went for, uh, for Gertrude and I guess Sir Arnold of Metz? I was looking up at a thing on my wall here and I've got a quote from St. Arnold of Metz. And that was the first name that popped into my head for a bard. And I hope St. Arnold is uh, happy with that choice. <laughs> um, I think that that went fantastic. I think Gertrude got exactly the information she wanted and needed um, and is uh, excited to go forward. Awesome. So I hope to hear from all of you out there in podcast land of the levitating platter of the adventures of Gertrude and Sir Arnold of Metz and uh, maybe even make an appearance on a Jasper's game day. That'd be very fun. This could be a, a very fun, eccentric sort of uh, charity game 
uh, that someone could run. Yeah, we'll just absolutely good. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll plant those seeds uh, for one of the celebrity DMs to run a very terrifying uh, shenanigans filled uh, Jurassic Park themed adventure. So we're starting to enter into final thoughts of the show. So I always like to leave this part open uh, for my guest. So anything else that we need to know, where can we find you on social media? If you have any other closing thoughts about your time on the episode, certainly. Uh, and then just any other passions or causes or anything like that, take it away. Thank you so much. Um, well, you can find me at Fenway Teen DM on Twitter and at Jasper's Game Day on all of the social media. Um, if you're ever interested in, you know, just having a chat or talking about something specifically D&D or mental health, um, let me know. And if uh, you're I- interested in, in uh, talking more about Gertrude, I'm open for that too. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for having me on here. I really appreciate that. Um, it's been a blast. Um, you know, I was super excited when uh, Katie told me that she had been on here and um, I uh, was glad that you reached out and I'm really happy to um, have had this experience. Yeah, for sure. And I know I'm a little operation here, just a one-man band. Uh, But if you ever need someone for a Jasper's Game Day thing, you're more than welcome to knock on my door. I'd be glad to help out. Absolutely. I will definitely keep you on my list. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sidekicks and SideQuests. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast through Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and Overcast. Or feel free to save the RSS feed to use the app of your choice. Visit our website, sidekicksandsidequests.com for links, write-ups of the NPCs, and to learn more about the show and the guests who have been on it. To stay up to date and interact via social media, you can follow the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Reddit by searching for SideKQ Podcast. I would love to talk D&D and showcase your fan art, stories of how you used our NPCs, discussions, and commentary. If you would like to hail the bod, simply send an email to sidekicksandsidequests at gmail.com. To help this show be the resource it's meant to be, I ask that you please leave a review on iTunes to help spread the word and share our podcast with your friends and family. Whether you're a veteran player or an aspiring dungeon master or you've never played Dungeons & Dragons before, there's something here for everyone, and I want to hear about it. And finally, after two years, I've decided to open a Patreon for Sidekicks and Sidequests. If you love this podcast and you want to help us grow and expand our operations, I would appreciate it if you would go on over to patreon.com forward slash sidekicks and side quests. No matter your lifestyle expenses, we have wonderful rewards at every level of Patreon membership tier. Your name on the wall of the levitating platter, a loud hurrah on the podcast, or the possibility to introduce an element of chance to NPC creation. Sidekicks and Sidequests is unofficial fan content permitted under the fan content policy, meaning I'm not approved or endorsed by Wizards. Portions of the materials used are property Wizards of the Coast, copyright Wizards of the Coast, LLC. Thank you for your support, and I'll see you at the pub next time. Bar to rock on one, two, one, two, three, four!